Good morning. Today is Monday, February 6, 2023. Happy Tubishvat. Tubishvat is the holiday on the 15th day of Shvat. Two stands for the Hebrew letters Tet Vav, which means 15, the 15th day of Shvat. And today is known as Rosh Hashanah Li'ilanos, the beginning of the new year for trees. So happy Tu Bishvat. The origin of Tu Bishvat has to do with when to consider the end and then the beginning of the fiscal year concerning trees in terms of the mitzvah of separating miser, the tithing, during the time when the Beis Hamidrash was standing, living in Israel, farmers would collect their crops. They were required to give 10%, and that was um, uh, an obligation uh, to give to the poor, to support the part of it went to the Kohen, to the Levi, 10% to the Levites, to the Levi, other obligations. But the fiscal year was the 15th of Shvat. And the reason is very simple, because in Israel, this is a time when nothing is ready for harvest. So it's very clear to tell what grew from the previous year and what is now going to grow and be harvested in the next year. So this is the cutoff point. Whatever had grown and was harvested during the past year, you have to make sure that you gave 10%. And whatever will grow and be harvested in the next year has to be given 10% from the next year. Later, in modern times, Tu Bishvat evolved into different meanings having to do with our connection to the land of Israel, having to do with celebrating and recognizing our responsibilities to nature and to protecting the earth. But this is the origin and the essential nature of Tu Bishvat. And I'd like to focus today on a very interesting detail of this mitzvah of Miser, of giving 10% from one's crops, during the time the Beis Hamikdash was standing, while the Jewish people were living in Israel, there is an obligation to take ten percent for crops. There was also an obligation to take ten percent from flocks, from animals that grew. If your herd, your sheep, your cows, they grew in number, ten percent of those born during that year would be given as miser, as a tenth. And there is a curious detail in how this was done concerning animals. Did not apply specifically for crops, but the idea will be important to us. And it goes like this. It seems like it was a very inefficient system. You might think, going back to crops, if you're a farmer, so you're farming Israel, you gather your crops. It belongs to you. Let's say they're fresh fruits, they're vegetables, and those things are inherently kosher because they're just fruits and vegetables. But you have an obligation to give 10% to them as miser, as the tithing. 
concerning the tenth of animals, it worked differently. And the idea applies to crops as well. The Torah says, at the end of the book of Ayikra, here's what you do concerning animals. You take all of the animals that were born during the past year and you put them into a corral with the mother animal outside the corral. Of course, the baby wants to go to the mother. Then you start to let the animals out of the corral so that they can rejoin their mother. And the Torah says, Kol asher yavor hashevet, every tenth animal that passes under your staff, ha'asiri, the tenth, yiyekodesh l'ashem, will be holy to Hashem. And Rashi explains, kishabala asran, when you come to take a tenth of the new animals that were born, you allow them to exit through a chute, one after the other. Ha'asiri, and so you count, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten, you have a stick, and the end of the stick is paint, a mark. And you hit down on the tenth animal, and it puts a mark of paint on that animal. Leo's nicker, shuhum meiser. That is how you will recognize that the, that animal is the tenth, and that is what you will give is the tithing. This is you, what you do to all the newborn animals every year. Sounds like a very inefficient system. I mean, a simpler idea might be you take all the newborn animals of the previous year, you add them up, and you take 10% of the number, and 10% goes to Miser. What's the business with putting them in the corral? And maybe if you have a small number, it makes sense. But what happens if you have a large number? You could spend a lot of time doing this. It seems like wasted, inefficient time. The reason is amazing. As I mentioned, you might think that your flocks, your crops, you worked hard to harvest them, you worked hard to grow them, to take care of them, and they belong to you. You harvest them, you bring them into your corral, they belong to you. Yes, now you have a mitzvah to take 10% and give them to Miser. But that's not correct. What is actually correct is when you gather your crops in Israel or when you gather your newborn animals over the previous year, they do not belong to you. They are not yours. In fact, just to use the example from crops, they are treif. They are called tevel. Tevel means crops that you have harvested, but you have not yet separated the miser from them. They are treif. 
Which means if you were to take one of those fruits and you were to cook it into one of your pots, your pot would be trafe. If you would cook it together with other foods, it would be trafe. It could be an apple or an orange, but it's trafe. It's non-kosher. Until you have taken the tenth to give to the Levite, to the poor, whatever you're supposed to give it to, that is when the other nine portions become yours. That's when the other nine portion becomes permissible for you to use. Similarly to the animals, none of the animals are yours. It's only when you have counted nine and you put a mark on the tenth, only put a, putting a mark on the tenth allows you to then make use of the first nine that are yours. By the way, <clears throat> in parentheses, in Israel even today, when the laws of tithing still apply, although the way they apply is a little complicated and that's not the subject for today, but it still applies. If you go to Israel, if you want to eat fresh fruits and vegetables, it requires kosher supervision. Outside of Israel, we never heard of such a thing. You can go everywhere you want, anywhere you want outside of Israel, and buy uh, an apple, an orange. It's raw produce. There's nothing inherently kosher about it. All raw produce is fine. Yes, of course, you have to wash it off. But besides that, it's kosher. But in Israel, that's not true. Just like in Israel, outside of Israel also, if you want to buy, uh, I don't know, a hamburger, you have to make sure the place you buy it from is kosher. It has to have a kosher certification. In Israel, fresh fruits and vegetables also require kosher supervision in order to make sure that the proper truma and miser, the tithing, has been taken from it because otherwise it is strafe. It's like a cheeseburger. Why should that be true? Either way, you're giving 10%. If you just uh, uh, compute the amount and take 10% and give it as miser, it's the same amount. But the answer is very, very important. We are required to consciously designate the 10th and only after we have designated the tenth, which goes to God, and God may command that it goes to the Levite, to the poor, whatever the mitzvah is, only then does the other nine come into my possession. It does not come into my possession as soon as I harvest it. It's not mine. Only after I do with the tenth, what God wants me to do with it, what God commands me to do with it, only then does God give me permission to enjoy the rest. And this is a corollary to the fundamental principle we learn near the beginning of the Torah, which we've discussed before, where God says to man, Bayikach Hashem Elohim Es HaAdam, God took man, Adam and Chava, human beings, and placed them 
in the Garden of Eden, la'avda ulashamra, to work it and to protect it. We human beings do not have absolute ownership in this world. We have usufruct. We have the ability to use it as long as we are acting as stewards. As long as we are acting in accordance with the way God commands, in accordance with protecting the earth that God allows us to use, but not to intrinsically own. Only once you recognize that you are a steward of this world and that you have first given the nine-tenths, I'm sorry, the one-tenth to use as God says, only then does God allow you to use the other nine-tenths. The deepest way to celebrate Tu B'Shvat Yes, today we have lots of nice ways to celebrate Tu B'Shvat, and I hope you enjoy them in many, many ways. But the deepest way to celebrate the essential nature of Tu B'Shvat is to reflect on that and to let it affect our lives all year long. The origin of Tu B'Shvat before it became a way to connect to the land of Israel, and before we began to use it as a day to celebrate the earth and trees and to commit to protecting it, all of which is important and all of which is valid. But the origin of Tu B'Shvat, the essence of this day, is to focus on the mitzvah of Maser, of the tithing, which is at the heart of the origin of the day and its lessons. Abraham Lincoln once said, nearly all men can withstand adversity. If you want to test a man's character, give him wealth. That is the test and the challenge of Tubishvat to understand where our wealth comes from to whom it actually belongs and what responsibilities it places on us. My friends, I want to wish you a great day, a very happy Tu And I look forward to seeing you soon in person.